0: This is your host, Nick Riley, and you're listening to the One Day Advice Podcast. Together, we're going to take a ride inside the world of personal finance. I'm going to give you a fully transparent, behind-the-scenes look into the financial services industry, helping you to optimize your financial life along the way. Today's episode is inspired by the 4th of July. So, as of this recording, I woke up this morning... Uh, to a very patriotic day, and I was thinking about the independence of this country and how proud I am to be an American, to have been raised uh, here with all the freedoms that I have, and, and it inspired me to talk about independence. And Yes, most people understand what in- independence means around this federal holiday, uh, so I won't spend time boring you with what you already know about history. Uh, what you may not know is what independence means within the financial services industry and why it's important and likely impacts you. So I think it would be helpful to provide some additional context. Uh, the industry has evolved over the last few decades for the better. Uh, some of you may remember a time when if you wanted to buy a stock or bond, you had to go through a stockbroker who would be able to place your order on the exchange. And yes, many of those orders were relayed to actual people on an exchange floor uh, on Wall Street who would bid for the number of shares you desired. You may have gotten the market rate at that moment in time or you may have been given the opportunity to buy at a predetermined price that you were willing to pay and wait until a seller would accept. And brokerage firms own this whole process. And there were significant commissions made in order to facilitate this process and then all of a sudden came vanguard and schwab uh, into the overall picture and they were pioneers in bringing lower cost investing to the masses and with this the job title of stockbroker slowly died and was replaced by financial advisor a financial advisor's job was to provide the financial products that were suitable for their clients. However, this brought huge conflicts of interest because most financial advisors worked for larger brokerage firms that would create their own proprietary products with a, a commonly large markup. Uh, that way they could be more profitable. And you know they were able to do that because they incentivized advisors who were, trusted by their clients through higher commissions if they sold their product over other alternatives. And in reality, these firms benefit from their advisor's ability to sell, uh, not to actually give advice. So because of this, a lot of money has been spent on training advisors how to sell rather than how to provide quality financial advice. And this all created a rise in massive conflicts of interest over the last couple decades that still play a large part in financial services today. The truth is, the quality of financial advice ranges significantly and is deeply influenced by two factors I'll talk about in this episode. Who the advisor works for and how they are compensated. So first off, uh, who the advisor works for. In most cases, this is the easiest way to figure out whether your advisor is someone you can trust to give you unbiased and great quality financial advice. But before I give specific examples, I want to say that there are good advisors out there who are part of firms I'm about to mention. But that's mostly because they aren't aware of the alternatives that exist. Uh, They don't want to do the work necessary to relieve themselves and their clients of unnecessary conflicts of interest, or they have the golden handcuffs and aren't willing to make the leap. And unfortunately, there are companies who say they lead with financial planning and companies who actually lead with financial planning. And Yes, that that's meant to sound confusing because it actually is. Uh, financial plans have become the way for financial advisors to attract new clients. But they use this tool as a way to steer their clients towards an already planned outcome or solution. An example of this are two companies you have likely heard of. And I don't mean to name names, but, uh, these are very common companies and, you know, there are other companies that do something similar, uh, but in this episode, I'm going to pick on two, uh, Northwestern Mutual and Fisher investments, both very different companies, but each have an absolutely absurd (laughs) marketing budget. And here's a little side hint for you that they have huge marketing budgets because they afford, uh, To with their extremely high profits they receive from their clients' hard earned money. And so, first off, Northwestern Mutual is essentially an insurance company disguised as a financial planning company. If you meet with an advisor associated with them, they will lead with insurance and even go as far to tell you that insurance is also an investment. And in their defense, they may not know better because that is what they are groomed to understand by the company they work for. Plus the commissions are great, so there is no reason for them to think otherwise. Why would they be motivated to learn or think differently if it would impact their compensation in a negative way? So naturally their financial plan will contain a focus on protecting what you have and ensuring it first before actually providing you quality advice that will help make better financial decisions and help you build and accumulate wealth. Now for Fisher Investments. So I'd I'd argue that Fisher Investments is a marketing company more than it is an investment company. Yes, its founding roots were investments focused, but its success is from growing into a marketing company. And a very good one at that, as they have a great way of making managing money seem more complicated than it needs to be, and making you feel like you can justify paying them a high fee, in order to get returns that will potentially beat the market. Even though this goes against the massive amounts of data that state otherwise, uh, people still want to feel like they will be better off than others. And naturally, if you receive a financial plan from Fisher Investments, you will be placed into a managed investment portfolio made up of mostly individual stocks that they tell you will provide you with greater return potential. Problem is, this is their only solution, and therefore, everyone gets the same recommendation, albeit a different personalized path to get there. I'm not saying this is bad for all people, but I'm instead simply pointing out the conflict of interests that exists based on the firm the advisor works for. The advisor's hands are essentially tied by the company they work for and therefore don't let them operate in an objective, unbiased way. The same can be said for someone at Edward Jones who offers proprietary products or brokerage firms like Morgan Stanley and Merrill Lynch, uh, and advisors who work for banks that sell only financial products. So it's not just limited to the two companies I previously mentioned. I haven't even mentioned all the financial educators who aren't actually registered financial professionals like Dave Ramsey or Susie Orman, who essentially can say whatever they want with no regulatory consequence simply because they aren't regulated as investment advisors and therefore don't have to give you any advice that's suitable for you or in your best interest, but only to get more views, which ultimately determines their compensation, just like the news outlets we've grown to distrust. Now, I could go on and on about this, but I want to bring up the next point, which goes a bit deeper. uh, How the advisors are compensated. So compensation is tough to understand because the industry as a whole is not very transparent. Three common forms uh, of compensation are commissions, uh, tiered percentage fee on assets managed, uh, and fee for advice. Uh, when you buy an insurance product, there are layers and layers of fees that are hard to understand, even for someone in the industry like myself, I've uh, you know, let alone someone who's not in this industry. Insurance products include commissions and are transactional based. You buy the product, you get locked into something that has huge fees, known as surrender charges, to get out of them. All this enables is for the advisor and his or her firm to receive the full commission on what was sold. The financial product contains no service agreement that they will continue to service you and provide advice that is even remotely in your best interest, and the relationship is, is transactional. The consumer gets a crappy product that was portrayed in a way that it would solve the person's problems and the advisor makes a bunch of money from their quote unquote recommendation. And a quick tip here is you get a second opinion if you're being told to buy an insurance product that doubles as an investment. In most cases, it's not in your best interest. Investment management fees, which operate as a percentage basis on the assets that are directly managed, range significantly from one firm to the next. If you use a Betterment or Wealthfront type of service, like an automated service online, uh, you can expect to pay an annual fee that equates to about 0.3% of your invested assets. Yes, you get investment management for cheap, but you you receive less personalization and will not have a dedicated financial professional who provides holistic advice. If you go through a brokerage firm or a larger institution, you may be paying one to 2% for the same type of investment exposure. Uh, They'll sell it in a different way, but in essence, it is the same type of investment exposure that you would get at a robo-advisor or an automated brokerage firm. This service may or may not include advice around other areas of your finances as well. Uh, But because the brokerage firm, and in many cases the underlying selected money managers, all need a piece of the pie, The costs add up. And I also find it kind of ironic that uh, these advisors will bring in these outside money managers and charge an extra layer of fees on top of that. And when you go to them for performance issues, they no longer take responsibility for it because they are essentially picking the money managers. So they are offloading the responsibility for your investments and charging you more in fees. And I won't get into, you know, further details on this episode, but there is simply so much unnecessary overhead within these large organizations. They need to charge more money to pay for all the brick and mortar locations, uh, the many departments that don't actually add value to clients, and they still need to be very profitable for shareholders. And Advisors who offer fee-for-advice services, the, the third way of being compensated that I mentioned above, uh, is fee-for-advice services may include an hourly fee, a retainer, or subscription for ongoing comprehensive uh, advice, or charge through a percentage of assets, as I mentioned before, as a way to have their clients assets subsidize the cost for holistic advice across their personal financial life. The big difference is, is that they will include a service agreement that uh, includes ongoing comprehensive advice and help around financial decisions and other areas of your personal finances, not just the investment management. And while it may be rare to have absolutely zero conflicts of interest, because everyone has biases, it's important to have an advisor that charges a fee that enables comprehensive advice. And this leads me to the whole purpose of this episode. What does it mean to be independent? Well, it means that an advisor has taken initiative towards removing conflicts of interest that exist within the firm they work for or how they are compensated. They are no longer influenced by how their firm tells them to think or operate, and can instead think freely and provide quality financial advice that is in their client's best interest. That is true independence. Today, July 4th, signifies America's independence from the tyranny of Great Britain, where hard working Americans were paying taxes that mostly benefited the Queen and the British overseas. By declaring independence, Americans were able to think freely and provide essential freedoms to its citizens. The same can be said by independent financial advisors. There are many more than you think out there. You just have to look. They aren't the ones with the huge marketing budgets or the ones buying sports stadiums because they are busy giving quality advice to their clients at a fair price for the value that they provide. They are able to provide the unbiased advice that people need around their personal finances. You've worked hard for your money, so you deserve to be placed in good hands, good honest hands that will look out for your best interest. Do you know if your advisor is a fiduciary who is providing advice that's in your best interest? If you're unsure, reach out to us at hello at onedayadvice.com or visit onedayadvice.com. Uh, we are proud to be independent from these large institutions that make huge profits at your expense we've been, been independent for uh, just about four years now and uh, I personally have had experience on both the brokerage side and the larger independent side so I've had exposure to uh, many parts of this industry and you know while you know while we aren't you know, fit for everyone we can help you determine so through a free introductory call together. So I encourage you to reach out to us. Uh, I know it may be very difficult to understand whether your advisor is working in your best interest. And I always recommend, you know, getting the second opinion, Uh, just like you would with medical advice. uh, It it is always good to hear it from someone else uh, to either validate that or find a better solution. So, With that being said, happy fourth and cheers to your independence. Hi, I'm Nick Riley, the founder of One Day Advice. If you like what you've heard, we'd greatly appreciate your help in spreading the word. After all, we are financial educators, not marketers. Thanks for listening and remember to leave us a review. Nick Riley is the founder of One Day Advice, an independent fiduciary and fee-only registered investment advisor. Nick serves as a wealth advisor and educator to his clients. All opinions expressed by Nick and podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinion of one day advice. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon as a basis for investment or financial decisions.